Hello, everyone. This is Mac on the Rock. WSQF Blink Radio, where I blink once. Yes, I said it. Blink twice. Yes, you miss it. Most of the time, you guys are listening to By the Balls in Spanish, and By the Balls is gone. Today, it's time to change it up a little bit. So we're going to talk about watches, and we have infamous Max Levinson. You guys have no idea how much he knows about watches. You recognize his father. You hear his voice from Statues and Stories on Mondays. But I'm going to admit to the crowd, Max is just a lot smarter than his dad. He knows more about watches than I know about food. And his father knows about Statues and Stories. So I'm going to introduce you to Max. And Max is going to tell us all the things that I don't know about watches. Max, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? And how is Adam? Adam is here, but Adam is an observer and to learn. Yeah, he wants to learn. So he's like, uh, you know, he he's going to just pass it on, pass the buck to his son, Max. So, Max, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought we would start off. I think it would be kind of interesting to uh, introduce myself first off. I am 16 years old. I live in Florida, obviously, uh, and I collect watches. I am a, I am a very... Uh, Passionate about watching. Passionate, right. I'm a very okay. passionate person. The audience right now wants to know, when did this all start? How did it start? Uh, did you just find an incredible watch somewhere and all of a sudden you got fascinated by it? So How did it start? I, I come from, as my dad will, will definitely say, I come from a very long family of collectors. My dad collected stamps, collects stamps. My uh, so it's in the sides. DNA pool. Right, it's, it's in the DNA pool and, and it's, a, it's a collecting you know gene, right? And so I started off from a very young age. I collected calculators of all things, right? And I thought they were very cool. They were very, you know, technical little items that were that were handheld that you could just kind of, you know, carry around with you. Uh, and they had a lot of, well, not necessarily moving parts, but they were just complicated. And I thought that was I thought that was very intriguing. And then and then it went from there uh, when I was about. Now, did you ever take a watch apart or a clock or anything when you were a little kid? Because kids are fidgety. Right, right. So it's I kind of. A little bit. I thought, you know, I, I used to look at the back of like a, li- a couple little watches because my, my great grandpa was a jeweler and he uh, owned a pawn store and, you know, he had a little, a couple little knickknacks, pin lever, which are like very cheap little movement watches, very old watches that you could kind of look at and see. Like when you look into the back of one, they're, they're very complicated. They're like little cities, right? Little metal cities. Um, and it kind of sprung from like the, the whole watch thing kind of sprung, not from that necessarily. But later on in life, uh, I started collecting car keys, and that's kind of where it came from. I was very into cars, very into cars. And uh, wow, people, people must be. Uh, if you're in your car and you're driving, you can always listen to your phone plugged in. If you go out on my range, wsqfradio.com. We are obviously on ninety-four point five. Uh, we're not going to give you the phone number today because we don't want to be interrupted. Uh, we want Max to be talking. So. They're probably saying car keys and watches. How did that hobby develop? Car keys and the watch. I don't know the connection. So again, like a little, it was just like a little collection. You know, I had maybe 400 of them and I would kind of go. Maybe a 400, that's it. (laughs) I used to go into dealers and I used to ask if, you know, if I could have car keys. But again, it's, it's kind of a trend of like little handheld items that you could kind of carry around and they were kind of just cool to have. Um, But in the in the car industry, you you walk around and and what do people who can afford you know nice cars? A guy gets out of a Ferrari, most of the time like he's going to be wearing a nice watch or, or a watch at that, and that's when I started realizing, uh, you know, there, there there's kind of a cool little trend here. You know, there there these watches that I could start getting into, and I, I wore a watch from a very young age, nothing special, um, but it all started on a sixth grade field trip to New York. My chaperone. He was very into cars. I saw we were sitting in Ellen Stardust Diner in New York, in, Man- in Manhattan, and I saw the wallpaper of his phone was a McLaren 12C. And I asked him, I said, oh, that's a nice background. And he said, thanks, it's my car. And I said, you have a McLaren 12C? He said, yeah. And then he opened up his phone. He had a Nissan GTR as well. So we started talking, and he had a Rolex Submariner on his wrist. And I, I pretended. My, fa- I- my father uh, left us one, and I gave it to my little brother. Sure, what it, a it, dumb. Freak yeah. I was. It's it, you know it's it's a popular little watch. They're they're and they're the, the, the he got the you know he had the old one so that big paperweight. I mean the Submariner was a paperweight. Sure, still are. They still make them. You know they still make them like that. And uh, he was wearing it. He was wearing a you know 1990s reference uh, from the Submariner. 
and he let me wear it on and he let me try it on and there's there's actually a picture of me and Ellen Stardust Diner wearing this this Rolex which I pretended to know everything about uh, and he started referring to a movement and uh, I think later on on that trip I actually had the idea to uh, trade the watch uh, or rather or he had the idea to trade the watch uh, and he went into a store and was talking to the guys about you know trading his watch and he wanted to trade he didn't want money he I think what they he was looking at the new Submariner because they had just introduced the new one uh, which it's like a very popular for those that don't know it's a very popular dive watch sports watch it's probably their most popular watch period uh, one of them definitely one of them because the Oyster Perpetual that they have I I find most people today Find it boring. Every single Rolex is an Oyster Perpetual, believe it or not. The Oyster refers to the case because the case, which is the outside part of the watch, yes. it's, a, it's a clamshell, the Oyster, right? right? Quote, unquote. And what that does is the case back, which is the back part that screws on and off, it kind of screws inside of the case, which kind of waterproofs yes. the watch. So that's where the word Oyster comes from. And Perpetual refers to the, the weight, which winds the watch when you move around. You may see on dials of watches, you'll see automatic or, or self-winding. Mm -hmm. So when you're moving around, this little weight revolves 360 degrees. Yeah, around. I do that when I don't right. wear this watch Your for a watch while. Has it. Right. I pull that out of the drawer. I start going like that with my yacht master, mm -hmm. and guess and so what? everybody can understand. Manny is shaking his wrist. Mm -hmm. I'm shaking the wrist, yeah, and uh, uh, I leave it on a self winder sure, when no, I'm not using around. it. Sure. But I, because of our power outages on the island, I don't know how long it's gone because different sectors here go out. Mm -hmm. This is like Cuba, by the way. <laughs> we just lose power here. And um, I can only tell by the date that there was power outages, just like I see here in my studio. Sure. My my computer is battery. That's battery, so that it's uh, accurate, and this is not mm -hmm. the, the computer of the radio. So I, the first day I'm with the watch, I'm like this all day, and I'm kind of sedentary these days, and not mm -hmm. like I'm really moving around much. So it's even worse. But man. I, these watches can't have batteries, man. These, they they're, they're, too, they're too beautiful. You can't put batteries in these things. Have acid inside them. It's insane. <clears throat> although, although Rolex did do made that mistake once, right? Did they have a battery in one edition of a watch? Well, interestingly enough, they in, killed that idea pretty quickly. In the 1970s, there was what, what's widely referred referred to as the as the quartz crisis in Switzerland. So the Seiko had had introduced. It was called the Astron, the Seiko Astron, uh, which was a quartz watch and for again for those that don't that don't know uh quartz refers to a battery powered watch there's a piece of quartz inside of the inside the watch and it oscillates and that's how it keeps time uh and when that was introduced it was way more accurate than any mechanical movement could have been at the time especially like you know at a, at a affordable price so all of these swiss watch brands were were kind of in a chokehold they were you know what can we do so every basically every swiss watch brand from patek philippe uh, they all had quartz watches. They made, they tried to do it in a more refined way than just having a you know second hand that goes tick. Plus tick, the volume tick. was going down, right? And the value was going down, so they had to they had to act fast. And then everybody in, in Switzerland was saying, you know, the future of the watch industry is, is quartz. And and obviously later on that turned out not necessarily to be true. And you got to thank Rolex for that because I know they wouldn't go that route. You've got to thank. Well, they did. They did for a little while. It was a a uh, it was called the Oyster Quartz movement and it was a very refined version of a quartz movement but it was very expensive to maintain and there's you know there's a market for them they did a day date actually version the presidential version they, they took out the mechanical movement and they put in a, a blasphemy movement. it's it's it at the time it was <laughs> it was a new technology it was cool but you know and and now again we're kind of back to the mechanical trend oh what, what i don't like about today's rolex is that it's gaudy too large you know, the, it's too big on the wrist. They kind of like, uh, for no reason whatsoever, they want to copy Humblet. That's not me. I'm, I'm, uh, I learned uh, in the radio world that I kill the alarms. If you guys put on vibrate, that drives people. In the, mm. Always think about your audience because sure. your audience hears that like stereo. Sure. They're in their car, so they're hearing it really loud. Sure. Imagine driving and it'll get them to change the channel. They're hearing, Blink! Hmm. you know. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I just put things on vibrate, uh, and even then, sometimes I have to leave it on pad so I don't hear it. Sure, sure, sure. Because uh, uh, I even hear me, uh, you're talking, I'm, I feel a burp coming. I have to go <laughs> head to this corner. Oh my god! And I come back to the phone, and then I gotta put this back on. Because sure. one thing that Blink Radio has, I'm 100% soundproof in here. It was designed for that that back corner could do voiceover, right? And there's a 
connection on top of that ceiling <coughs> to drop a live mic down there. Sure. Never got to it though. And you know, that was a mixer and the whole thing and quite frankly the same old excuse. I ran out of money to do yeah. it. Sure. Because this thing just perpetuates itself, you know, it's like a like a giant watch. Sure. You know, there's so many little pieces in here, it's like yeah, and everything has a, a an opinion of an engineer. Manny, I will say it is a beautiful studio. It is, it is. Does it feel like a fish tank? Uh, I mean, it's kind of like an aquarium. Everything's blue. We're in Key Biscayne. We're surrounded by water. Yeah, you blue know. is because it's my favorite color. It's um, it's just happened to be that way. That that couch over there was green. I painted it blue with mm -hmm. uh, leather paint. Sure. Uh, I had this exact vision in my head. It actually played itself out exactly. The only thing that was unpredictable was I had no idea I was going to have this gem of table. a Corian table from the early 70s. I mean, sure. this thing is just, I mean, come on. And this old renegade switchboard. This was a mistake because today's modern equipment is digital. There's mm -hmm. no reason to have an analog board. I fell in love with the size of it and all that. The it's truth cool is. To have. Yeah. The but truth Manny, you're talking to collectors, so analog, and that's right. actually it's, a good tie-in to the conversation right? today. Okay, so now what? Do this thing as an analog watch? No. Why? Why have? That's the question. You know, why have it? It ties into the quartz question, right? Why have a mechanical watch when you can have something on your phone, right? That's way more accurate. Doesn't cost anything. Why right? do you need to have a watch at all? Why do you need? It's the same question as that. Like, why have a a manual? Uh, Soundboard. It's a bo the most beautiful thing ever made. It is, is a freaking rich watch. I mean, wrist watch yeah. is. A man in and I'm, I mean, it's bizarre that I've had the same interests that you've had, same age, but it didn't take me to your level. Like the desire to trade them, see them, understand them, the history. Well, that's where like social media, for example, comes in. You start seeing, you know, people with social media. They use it as a tool, and you can get connected to people really, really easily, especially down in Miami. Uh, there's so many people that are interested in it, and you can just, you know, send you guys. A text. Have, so you're part of, uh, you know, you can announce the watch clubs. Are there clubs for people to be members of? There's, there's a lot. I started because you know, you'd be surprised how many people are sitting there listening to us right now, and you just touch a chord with them. Sure. And they're tired of fantasizing about this stuff, and they actually become a member. They end up becoming like you. They might sure. be your age. They might be younger. They might be older. There's so many people fascinated by. Well, I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated by. Buying them. Sure. Well, I mean, I just I look at a watch. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta buy it. I gotta own it. A lot of and a lot of people, I gotta put my brakes on all the time. A lot of people see it as a as a very kind of intimidating thing until you start to see. You know, you go on Reddit, which is an app you can get on your phone, or Facebook, which everyone I'm sure is familiar with. You know, you can go on Facebook and join a watch group. For example, I started a couple of years ago with a, with a good friend of mine. Uh, the Mainspring Society. A mainspring is the is the part in a mechanical watch that you wind up, and that's where the <laughs> energy <laughs> store. Right, exactly. So uh, we started the Mainspring Society, and you could go in on Facebook. We, you know, you request to join, and we'll let you in. And it's literally just a ongoing discussion. People will post, you know, sometimes even hundreds of times a day, pictures of their watch on their wrist, and uh, it kind of goes from there. And everybody comments and says, "Hey, you know, nice watch." And it's just kind of a, a very very connected and and. And I'm sure in each and everybody's lives is a calming effect. Like yeah. after the day's done or start the day or in the middle of the day, everybody has a different reason to go to that page and see what's up. Sure. Who's replied it to themselves? Although uh, cats on the internet, apparently cats gets more likes and there's more interest in cats. Not saying that I'm interested in cats. But the other thing I would want to point out real quick is that you've already heard Max. And if this radio show continues next week or the following weeks, you already mentioned movement. There are listeners who have no idea what a movement is that Max will describe. Okay, tell us he, about he, the he movement. He mentioned, by the way, we were talking about Oyster Perpetual. He also mentioned the the reference. Sure. So there's and a lot no, of terminology. And you taught me something because although Oyster Perpetual is in my head associated with Rolex, I didn't quite click that they're all Oyster Perpetual. If you if you look on the on the dial of, of say a Daytona, Almost even, all even your watch, it, it yeah, should say, say Oyster it. Perpetual. Yeah. And it's it refers to the the case and and the movement. Which if it's an automatic movement, then it'll say Oyster Perpetual, um, and that that refers to it. So it's kind of it's kind of a cool prospect, um, given yeah you, you can see it. Yep. Manny is looking at his watch right now. Yeah. So Oyster Perpetual date. Yeah, so that that obviously refers to the date, and and there's and then it says yacht master on the bottom. Right, there's different there's different complications. That's so a complication essentially with a watch is a is a feature or a or a characteristic of the watch, right? So currently I'm wearing uh, a very very popular watch in the watch industry called the Omega Speedmaster, which was my 
absolute dream watch for the longest time, and I, I was fortunate enough to be able to come and, and get one. Um, but this watch was went to the moon. That's a different that's a different conversation. But this has what's called a chronograph, which is essentially a, a stopwatch uh, on your wrist, right? But right. it's completely mechanical. So the Swiss have to figure out a way to integrate a completely mechanical uh, stopwatch into this tiny little space that can only be driven by mechanics. No battery, Wind, no nothing. Yeah, winding up. Right. So it's kind of an interesting process. Now, you have to wind her up every day? So this one, yeah, it doesn't... It's, so it's not your motion at all. You have to wind it. But that's kind of like a... It's a cool connection between yourself and... Yeah, waiting for the waiter. You just ordered your food. You might as well just... Right, rah, rah, rah. right. Or every morning, it's kind of a soothing thing to listen to, you know, to, to be able to wind your watch every day. Now, for a watch collector who has multiple watches, you have to wind the watches. It's a ritual. It's something that they enjoy doing. I'm yeah. not into that, right. but I'm, I'm pointing out that for people who are going to come back to the show, not only is it about watch terminology, not only is it about uh, you know people's watch collections, but uh, even if someone who's listening now is not into watches, and Max is going to also be talking about cars and other things that relate to one another, you may know someone who's a watch collector or is passionate about watches, and Max has already mentioned to you that what a complication is. So if you are talking to somebody, business associate, etc., who has a fancy watch or likes watches, one of the questions you can ask them, how many complications does your watch have, and what are those complications? So, an, an Please tell us. Well, an, an interesting observation uh, that I can make is that I actually brought some names with me. Uh, these these watch collectors, people get really deep into it, and there's there's a big market for these watches, and you can find them. You can get very lucky. There are stories all the time of people that find watches for, you know, five dollars at, at a Goodwill and end up selling them for twenty grand. And the trip to Las Vegas, there was a there was a story about that a couple of years ago. Uh, but these watch collectors hide in plain sight. You know, you can find someone like John Mayer or or Ed Sheeran. They're very clearly you can see on their wrist they're wearing very very cool watches and the names that max just mentioned by the way are contemporary musicians, musicians rock and roll. right and you can see even silicon valley kevin rose d many different people that are that are rather well known so they're in the culture are in the culture and, and yet they're known for their music not their watchmate uh, and collecting there there are some very very well-known people like that or even ellen degeneres in fact she was uh, she was very very famously uh among watch collectors she was wearing what's called a paul newman rolex daytona which is a variation of, of the Rolex Daytona, which is a very, very popular watch uh, with a with a certain dial that Paul Newman himself wore, which actually his specific Paul Newman, Paul Newman as they called it, sold at auction for $17.7 million wow. a couple of years ago. I know, right? And so they only made, uh, what, a handful of these? Well, it wasn't a numbered necessarily thing. It was just, you know, back in the day in the, in the 50s, 60s, it was a... A, a rare dial variation, as they called it, from Rolex that they just sold. You know, it wasn't. Why would they pick Newman? Because he was a race car well, driver, because or because of his movies? They what? didn't call it the Paul Newman. They didn't market it as a Paul Newman's watch. Originally, it was just a a panda dial, right? So then, a couple of years later, Paul Newman was seen famously wearing that specific watch. So it gained the name Paul Newman Daytona. Oh and then God. those specific watches ended up trading for over $100,000. Each one, no matter like what the condition, you'll not see them trading. No, so that's why Rolex gave Eisenhower the presidential watch. Well, even uh, there, there's a long laundry list of, of presidents that have actually received, they call it the presidential Rolex Daydate. Which um, I own! Which you own, right. And it, it is the solid gold. Solid gold. Mine's, uh, mine's uh, white gold. White gold, right. And they, well, normally. But it has they, platinum dial, the bezel. Platinum dial. It's such What's a. What's up? I just know, wanted to add. You know how long I dreamt to have that watch? It's probably it's, 30 years. It's a watch. It's a, it's a heck of a watch. Now, for a novice who's just joining us today, if you just heard the reference to a day date, people can don't have to use too much imagination. Yeah. What are the complications on a day date watch? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, tell us what the complications are. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you could you could just draw and say that it it's it says at the top, as you know, the the day of the, the week. full day, the yeah. Date, right? Doesn't say month. It says Monday. Right. Well, there you could even get those. Uh, you could even get those watches with extra, not necessarily from Rolex, but extra complications, perpetual calendars, which will stay accurate uh, to to the day, the date, the month, the year for centuries. And they. Well, so I don't have that. You well, no, you don't have that. But any, you know, you. Probably uh, spend... What what would distinguish it? Damn! Now you got me. So so right. I want one. <laughs> so say say for example you want to spend $100,000 for a Patek Philippe which some people you know would, would want to do that. Uh, you can find those. You can find a, a what they call a perpetual calendar 
uh, which you will not have to set. You won't even have to touch it. All you have to do is wind it, and it'll stay accurate for many, many centuries. Providing you keep on... Wound. Providing you keep it wound, which, you know, it's kind of a cool novelty. Nobody's going to sit there No, because of what it. you say, you'll go to it if you're not wearing it just to wind it. Right, exactly. <laughs> which, you know, it gets kind of... You know, it becomes a chore after you know. I have... Oh yeah, but he's your friend who watches like a buddy. Right. Well, but when you start getting, to... if it's your release for people who have this I as their hobby, where, I go where my presidential is, and I say hi to, him. and I wear I wear him, but not for the day. I just take him out of his winder. I put him on. I go have breakfast, make my coffee, this and that, take it off, and go back to my yacht master because I don't want him to work too hard. It's even I mean, you can say <laughs> that it's 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 a it's a. Uh... It's a good feeling to have those on. I've worn a presidential once. Uh, it's 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 a heck of a chunk of metal on your wrist. Yeah, man, because it's heavy because of the, the the band. The band is nuggets of gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Max, because we are in Key Biscayne, and because there is a president who used to live in Key Biscayne, there's a watch that's associated with this particular president. So just to give a little bit of history. Sure, Nixon. Now, that, that, is, that is a Democrat. He, doesn't, he can't even say Nixon's name. Can you believe that? What are we going to do about this? So <laughs> look at him, he's red faced and everything. Nixon, Nixon, as we all and he was know. a friend of Adele I. Stevenson, by the way. And they the, were polar opposites. The presidential and Lyndon Johnson, by the way. Well, uh, that's another talking point. Lyndon Johnson. He had a had, he had a Rolex too, right? He had he had everything. He had, he used to gift people Patek Philippe's. He was he was very well known for being very You're well known for stealing is what he's well known for. Sure, but, sure. <laughs> but but you could you could you could say you know he would he was known publicly for giving very extravagant gifts. He was known for for giving out Patek Philippe's and, and different watches, wow. and he was he was famous for that. As was uh, Bill Clinton was known for wearing Langes and and things like really? that. Really, I always saw Bill. I was telling your dad earlier. I Timex. always saw Bill with Timex, Timex and the the Roadmaster one, the one with the two orange buttons here. Oh yeah, sure, the the little digital Timex. Yeah, those are Timex, yeah. They, yeah, I mean, well, obviously, I didn't know that he was gifting nice watches. That shame on him. I don't know if I should say this or not. Say it. The, say it in stereo. The, I I will say I won't say where it was, but I will say that a couple of years ago I was lucky enough to get to try on Bill Clinton's. Lange. No, I don't say. Anything. Well, I thought I thought it was just kind of a cool prospect <laughs> what, to be able was to. Was your dad present? Uh, he was not. I was alone. So a couple of things I wanted to point out real quickly. Max, as an expert and a connoisseur, some people are wine, some people yeah. trains or bird watching, you name it. Just on the streets, if he'll see somebody with an unusual vintage, he'll approach them. Right, he'll have conversations with people. I have no idea what they're talking about because they're you know watch fanatics. And you can see it from far away and everything, right? Oh, well, especially you know those gold Rolexes and yeah, you see. So it. someone's got a long sleeve shirt on, you and he's getting ready to reach over to grab a, a deli uh, sandwich deli, yeah. and he exposes his watch because he's reaching. You immediately go, "Hey, that's a." Yeah. Lange, 1939. Yeah. Nice watch. Yeah, and it's a fun little conversation because you know if somebody's wearing and a Lange. And he's super appreciative that you complimented his watch. Right, and they know like what they're talking about. No one's going to go out and say, you know, without any knowledge, they're, you know, you go up to somebody on the street, they're not going to know what a Lange is or a any kind of niche. Uh, well, I, uh, it, does a Lange have a moon face watch? Or? They have, yeah, so they, they have what's I called. I love moon face watches. I'm telling you, that is a beautiful, when they make that watch, it is a, they, they make it in the iteration of the Lange 1, I believe the 1518 they make it. That is the reference number. The reference numbers, right. So the, the, each watch has a different reference reference number, and that's how they kind of um, recognize I it. Dying, I, that's going to be one, that, that's the next one. I don't know when it'll go Lange, but. So fascinated by the moon phase watch because I'm fascinated by the grandfather clock. Sure. Which are moon faced in but large. And that's that's why I like watches so much because you know, me, I have to go to school every day and a lot of people go to work every day. I can still, you know, bring it with me to school, say it's not something too expensive. I can I can wear it to school and I can, you know, appreciate it no matter where I am. Right. And you can still look at it no matter where you are and kinda it's still women, that little... it's kinda like women in, in dress shoes. Sure. It's, uh, Only it's, they're impressed by the shoes they're wearing. We, you and I don't know what the hell they're wearing. Okay? I am not part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people have the same. A lot of people have the same. You know, interest with different things. You know, some people. The thing carry is, that the beauty wallets. of the watches and the fascination of enjoying them is it's so necessary. Time is everything. Yeah. Uh, everything about our lives is time. When we're doing things, when we have to do things, when we can sit back, when I'm expecting the person, when this has to happen. 
There's so many factors in our lives, and everything's related to the freaking time. Well, also look at what what you know. Given going into social constructs or whatever, what piece of jewelry can a man necessarily wear, right? Other than a they necklace, must wear a watch, right? Exactly, and and, and that's what it's become. It's become a man a, that walks around without a watch is a freaking living under the bridge loser. Okay, you gotta have a watch. I don't care what it is. I think it's a, I think it's a cool it's a cool thing to have. I mean, you you're basically the message you're say, is saying. Even if you're like a multi billionaire, you don't need to be anywhere at any particular time. You you have no respect for your timeline, your life. You know? Sure. You have to keep perspective. I don't care what the hell it is. It, it, it could be the Mickey Mouse watch we talked sure. about. A man has to watch. Freaking. Nuts. It's the sense of humor. It's it's a it's a it's a. Uh, it's, it also says something about, about who you? you are, right? Yes. You know, if you're wearing a Mickey Mouse watch, it could be me. I like to wear my little Mickey Mouse watch. I used watch. to wear mine all the time. I think I think it's a cool little prospect, and you'll see, you know, very very well known watch collectors. Uh, there's actually there's a very famous watch publication called Hodinkee, and they do this this uh, episode called or this season called uh, Talking Watches. And Keegan Allen, who's a famous actor, he was talking about his Mickey Mouse watch and how he wears it, and it's his reminder not to take himself too seriously because he has, you know, $150,000 watches or whoever else has $150,000 watches, you'll see them wear a Seiko or a Mickey Mouse watch. And it's still, you know, it's it's a cool little novelty to have just to remind yourself who you are. And Manny, that's an important point that I think Max will describe to people over time, that uh, the watches, and you mentioned the Paul Newman, Paul Newman, mm -hmm. which was $17 million. $17 million. Right? So it's some insane. of the names... It is. Some of the names you're going to hear are very high-end watches, but Max also appreciates, and the, the watch collectors also appreciate sometimes the watches for the, the watch itself, not necessarily because it's expensive or because it's rare. So listeners of the show are going to gain an appreciation for you know the, the full array and diversity of the watch experience and, and what that community has come to appreciate. It's such... now, do you say that the culture is more, the culture that you're slowly, not slowly, probably expediently getting involved in, mm -hmm. Do you find the people that you're most fascinated with in terms of why they collect? Is it only collect or are they at buying the new watch version as soon as it comes out? Do they do that as well? They call that some people, some people do. So there's, there's a, you know, it's a very, very diverse, it's a very broad community. There's people that collect Timexes. There's people that collect. Which by the way is an American watch. An American watch, Absolutely, right. I think the only one, right? No, no, not the only one. But no, it's, it's, it's not the only it's one. It's one of Hamilton. Uh, oh, see, the yeah, audience there, needs to know these things. There's, uh, there's Hamilton watch I've heard before. Never thought I have one right here. There, they, you know, this this one actually. Might... Oh, there's also Stour, right? Stour, uh, Cyber, Stour. Uh, it's like a World War II brand. There's so many. There, it was known for the pilots like them. Oh yeah, so yeah, so no, there, I take that back. Lot. There are a lot of. There are there. a lot. There are a lot, and and you know, back in the day, there were a lot more than there are. Are we now. known for? Uh, we're not known for like precision timepiece. We're just known for commercialization. I mean, watch. It, it it depends. You know, it's obviously that's if you're looking for a well built, you know, a a Swiss watch. That's what you're going to go to. You're going to go to a Swiss watchmaker. But obviously, it's such a diverse and and broad industry. You can go to a store and spend twenty dollars, and you're going to get a perfectly functional, perfectly fine Timex or Casio. Uh, watch that's going to stay accurate forever and you're never going to have to worry about it because it'll just run and it's it's there's no hassle to it that's what i started out collecting i started out collecting those i thought they were the coolest thing i had this beautiful japan movement and the whole watch obviously the the, the mechanism behind the watch was metal but everything else was wood and i remember i didn't have like three nickels to rub against together interesting and i bought a wood watch and i still have that wood watch and it's still fascinating the case had a little bit of brass in it mm -hmm. All surrounded by wood. The face was wood. The bezel was wood. The leather, the leather had like a like a uh, like a veneer inside it oh, on, my, sure. on my skin. Sure. That was wood. It was like a balsa wood. And of course, the movement had to be metal. But I, I wouldn't know because I never opened it up. Mm -hmm. And I stopped wearing it when the battery died. And I just have it sitting there, and I still have it. I'm like, well, and it's so. It's and these cool. things get passed down from generation to generation, and you never know what's going to be worth money in the future. Right, it's and and that's that's another point. I think it's it's very interesting because uh, we were talking about automatic movements, and I like to tell this story because my dad's here. 
I brought this watch with me, which is a blue dialed. This is when people can tune out or if they have to go to the bathroom because this is not the most important part of the story. But I, think, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. It looks beautiful from right here. I right. think it looks really cool. People, people that uh, <coughs> don't have a don't have an appreciation for watches, obviously, i.e., my dad, uh, came in one day and I was very obsessed with this with this rather inexpensive watch that I really wanted called the Seiko. SRP 779. I'm looking at it right now. It's got beautiful blue. So it was a, this, the watch that I really wanted was a brand new Seiko SRP 779. And I asked my, my uncle, it was my bar mitzvah gift, uh, for the, for the Seiko SRP 779. And, and it was a turtle watch case. It looks like a turtle if you look at it. And so as I'm literally watching a video about this watch with, uh, in my parents' room, my dad comes in holding that watch and it was on the original metal band that was from the 1970s. It's so classic looking. And he came in and he said, hey, does, you know, does this have any value to you? And I said, and I don't think he saw the video I was watching because I was literally watching a video about, this watch. about the same watch, but a, re a reissue of it, right? You know, in modern times, semi quote unquote modern times. And so I look at it and- That's super cool. At the time I had no clue what it is. Absolutely no clue what it was. And I wore it basically every day for, for about a year. And eventually I went on a, on a podcast, a, a YouTube video, and somebody pointed out that it is in fact one of the rarest uh, edition, rarest reference Seikos that they made, because uh, nobody can find it. Nobody could find it, especially in this condition, because I have everything original, and it happened to belong to my great-grandpa. I had it sitting in a drawer. I don't wear watches. So I took oh, it out. Oh, so he's got to wear a watch. So I've been criticizing him. Yep. And and and, and, and you, you, why did you throw him under the bus when I said that? Come on, you you're living under the bridge. I I can understand why there there are people that don't necessarily. Do you like have to other have people one. you know that don't wear watches? I know people. your partners. So my partners wear nice watches, but I. Okay, I, I didn't want to have to. Max say has all the watches in the family. You're right. She he doesn't. I I I I account for all the watches. What are you doing with a watch? So this is the different families, people of different interests. Max is the watch guy. Is he, is he homeless and he's not telling us? No, no. He just, he just, he, he, there's some people that don't like I'm, I'm clumsy. I'm always banging things. I wear ruin the watch time, and scratch I, I, it. I, but you wear a Timex then. You gotta have a watch. I can, I, I mean, I, I can can't agree. believe of all the people I say that out loud to on the air, in stereo, and he's in my studio with me. And it is my dad. And he's your people. dad. <laughs> yeah, I only know one person doesn't want to So watch. I thought that that Seiko was broken. Yeah. Because oh. I wasn't able. So Max is going to tell the story and embarrass so me. So Again, this is when people can leave and go to the bathroom if they need. So what happened when you when we didn't have a phone? When we were Beaver, you weren't wearing watches either? Well, the phone. No, I thought about life before the phone. So before the phone. You had a watch. Please you know, tell me you did. Lie to me. Some people, you know, they don't care what time it is. Time is money, to your point, right? Yes. But uh, some people, if I'm a few minutes late, what's the big deal? And in the old days, you'd have the big clock towers, and you'd listen to the, listen to the chiming and the hourly. Right. Okay. So there, there are two people in this world: the red liquor, licorice, and the black licorice. And there's the watch folks and, and the non-watch. And then there's you. Oh. Well, he, it's not like he doesn't own watches. He has he has watches. But... Yeah, because they were gifted to him, I suppose, right? Right. And your wife, when I graduated what? college, I give, was given a watch, but it's watch not now. mine anymore. <laughs> Max has it now. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow, that's a really... Uh, you, that is really stunning to me. The other thing that was stunning to me, I've only been really stunned in my life twice. Mm -hmm. Someone that doesn't wear a watch, because I don't know of anybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and a person who doesn't like chocolate. And I remember that person all oh, the time. Oh, boy. I go, you don't like chocolate? He goes, I don't like chocolate, and I don't like ice cream. Those are fighting words. And I'm like looking at him like, dude, I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. I go, you don't like chocolate or ice cream? He goes, no, I've never had chocolate or ice cream. That, there's I go, you haven't even words. had it? He goes, well, for me to say I don't like it is because I tasted it, but never again. I was like, oh, my God. And that, now I, I, I have this person's face, age, and time in my head. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. No, he, he, I'm, my dad comes into the room, obviously not knowing anything which I can understand. Uh, and you're standing on your head. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm standing there. I look at it and I'm like, wow, that's that's really pretty. And I, I was expecting him to take it back and say, hey, you know, you can't wear it. Uh, but he's like, I think it needs a new battery. So I shake it up and it starts running, obviously. And he had no idea. It's, he had no idea. He's like, how did you do that? And what, it's, what your, you it's your grandfather, so it's his great That was his daily wearer. His daily, what do you call it, Max? Uh, the daily the watch? Everyday, daily watch, yeah. The daily sure. watch? Sure, your everyday, your beater. You know, your he beater. wore it every day. And, uh, now I have it, and I think it is one of the coolest 
watches in my collection that I'll obviously And you sell. obviously podcast and comment all the time. I own the Seiko, that that everybody flips out. Well, everybody likes it. Everybody sees it in like, you know, it's not necessarily a crazy expensive watch, but No, but nobody can get it, so in a way it is. For those well, yeah, but for those that appreciate it, they're like, Wow, that is that is cool. And that gets into this notion of the vintage watch collectors. It's a steel case. When you look at it at first, it's no big deal. But it's got history to it, especially in the family. Right. Plus, him having it opens the door for more friends in the watch world. Exactly, exactly. You you open yourself up to the Seiko collectors. So, and it, it's a cool it's a cool prospect. And I have I have actually with me a couple different family watches. Well, keep on going. And that's that's what's so cool about watches is that not only are they a form of currency, you know, a lot of watches you invest you in. You hear that that they're a form of currency. They're not a lot of them aren't going to lose value, which we could that's a whole other discussion. This watch is a Hamilton, as we were discussing, American-made. My great-grandpa on my mom's side, so my grandpa's dad, he found this on the streets of Manhattan, allegedly during the Great Depression. And so this so watch... So a pawn shop guy dropped it. He just got... He just paid cash for it, and he drops it. You never know. Or you the sad know. guy in the, in the food line who dropped it while he was waiting for food. And you can hear it. It's, it's a loud little Oh, liner. look at it. Do that it, again. Wait, I'll shut up. Can you hear it? Of course. It's Isn't that cool? You you wind it every day. It's tiny. This was a men's watch back in the day. Take a look. It's it's a cool little thing. And, and you know, it's fascinating. It's not necessarily going to have a, a whole lot of value, but it's it has so much sentimental value. And it's keeping time. And it it's keep, keeping time. It keeps time. Mm-hmm. We had it serviced. Uh, they, we got all the original parts that needed to be replaced, but I still oh have Oh, my God. Them. Look at the second hand moving down there. Yeah. Isn't that cool? God, it's so fascinating. And obviously, they tell a story. Like, look at how patinaed, which is a, a like a wear, but it kind of looks really, really pretty yeah. on the dial. Look at the hinge, and she has a regular pin. What do you do when the when the if you break the pin? You never broken the pin. Oh, the pin for the hand for the. It's regular the, generic the pin. Span. Yeah, yeah. Everything's the same. Yeah, you Isn't can that amazing? Those. And all the it tra- even the pin transcends transcends time. Yeah, well, you know, and the way you have to have that tool. Have you seen that tool that they're selling now? I have one. I have one. You have it? Yeah. The little thing that goes like that? Yeah, you have I gotta to. I got to get one of those. In things. order to take the strap off, you need, especially like, you know, I'll spend 45 minutes trying yeah, to get the I band off. Yeah, I use an eyeglass screwdriver to take the pin off. That's a major deal. I'll tell you, you need to be careful because they. Because were, it pops up. We're, yeah, we're referring to the little strap pins, obviously, that hold on the straps for watches, which a lot of people don't know no, straps are interchangeable you can change your strap if you need to you don't need to get a new watch right um which you would be surprised how many people don't know that but um it's cool because sometimes you'll you'll take it and it'll launch across the room and then you're finding oh, it for 25 minutes yeah it's impossible to find so i bought like you know a thousand of them online for 30 dollars. yeah you know and, and you'll have they'll last you in different sizes um, and they're all spring-loaded which i want i always wondered how they were making these things? Who, a little Chinaman somewhere putting them together <laughs> in like a factory of thousands of people doing it. I mean, how, how do you do it? And so people understand the pin connects the band to, to the, the watch. It pin. kind of expands out in both ways and holds the. And the it's spring loaded inside. There's got to be a spring loaded. It's just a piece of folded um, tin, maybe or, or metal that just with two springs inside and then. Yeah, but miniature springs for miniature, that. tiny, tiny, tiny. Even that thing's fascinating. Mm-hmm. That something so small. So what other watch do you have there? So I have, on following the same kind of trend, I brought my grandpa, my dad's dad's Longines, which is a Swiss brand. So, to, to stop you real quick, so all the watches in the family obviously have migrated over to Max. So Max right. has, As they should. So I have considering that. Ready? You can hear it. It winds. It's 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 crispy. Um, and mind you, folks, you're listen, You're looking at a watch that's no bigger than a quarter. It's tiny. It's tiny, and it, and it runs all on its own. It's in very, very good condition. Beautiful. You can see it's a piece and a half. My grandpa has a twin brother, who's my uncle Paul, and he had. They were both gifted when they graduated, I believe, college. They were both gifted these gold Longines watches, and my grandpa, who obviously never wore it because he's a lot like my dad, and, and they don't wear watches. Oh, so um, he didn't either. Well, so he was a, he was it's a in the gene pool. Right, he was a doctor, so kind so of, he always had that it off anyway. Right, right. So he had it in the safe, whereas my uncle. My Look at it. Uncle, even has like this opal thing to it. When yeah. you just moved it, I saw it. And, oh. It's pretty. It's pretty. But my my uncle had his stolen at gunpoint in Manhattan. So this is the one left, and I. Wow. Have Look at that! It's elevated dial, elevated numbers, and everything. The attention to detail. You look at these old watches. There's there's attention to detail on them. It is so incredible. Look at the look at the bezel. I mean the uh, the uh, the, dial. the crown. The, the crown is crown, the crown. Crown. Uh, that's the, the word. Knob. Yeah, sure. 
Hey, guys, I suffered three strokes. You know, I forgot these words, okay? You're good. Wow, look at that. Fascinating. Look, you can even see between the crown and the bezel. So, There's man, you space. can imagine when I take Max into the city on vacation, when I say the city, into Manhattan. Wow. And now he's old enough that he goes into these, and you should ask him questions about what he does days at a time in Manhattan, going into the watch stores. And, and, and what you results? You the conversation. You have the lexicon, so they oh. must be fascinated by the stuff you say. You keep it going, and and, and I think that's another. St I think in future episodes, for those that want to tune back in, uh, it's a cool prospect because there is a true value in these things, and I think it's a cool story to bring up. My grandpa, when we were in New York a couple of years ago. Uh, he told me that he really wanted a Rolex Daytona. You're, I'm guessing, familiar with the Daytona. Yeah, absolutely. For those that don't know, it is the chronograph, the stopwatch version of the Rolex, which is very well known for auto racing. It's very uh, well known for those sorts of things. And obviously, there's a lot of value for them. And there's a huge market for these kind of niche little variations of Rolex Daytona. So some of them have like an underline under Daytona, and that'll add $10,000 to the value <laughs> of the watch. Um, but anyways... A couple of years ago, we are at in Manhattan, and I walk in on Forty Seventh Street. Obviously, the you know Diamond, watch district, Diamond Street, right? Yeah. And you go into these little watch shops and jewelry shops, and I walked in to this place called Golda Jewelers in Manhattan. They were fantastic, and I started talking to to the guy there, Isaac, and he. I looked at the Daytona, and I saw it was a a stainless steel bezel which is the t the part around the top of the watch mm -hmm. uh it, it was a stainless steel bezel which they stopped making the year after that they produced that watch it was from 2007 and we ended up buying that watch after a week of negotiation for i i can say the price why not it was why not? it was around and we i believe we paid ten thousand five hundred dollars for that watch and he said that and i negotiated i think he was originally asking like 15. good so you we got, got it down you we got, got it for we got him down we got him down and then now we asked him before we bought it my grandpa said because my grandpa you know was was kind of getting into it he said if i come back in a year from now say and i want to get the and i want to return it will you be able to pay what will you be able to pay me he said i'll give you you know three quarters of what you paid so obviously or i'll be basically be able to give you all of what you paid for it uh, back if you want to return it which that's the market for these daytonas here we are two years later and the watch can now be considered a twenty twenty five thousand dollar watch just because of the the market for these. Because they didn't make the one the next year. And the next year they started using uh, a uh, they started using uh, a ceramic material for the for the bezel, and then now they're not making the stainless steel anymore. So it's become a rare kind of thing. And that's a difference between an antique. An antique is supposed to be a hundred years old. There are different definitions of antique, but vintage. And we can talk about differences. Yeah, they just between... quit because they 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 run into raw material issues, or they can't get a piece of it. Just one little gadget inside. Right. They can't get the sprocket again because that vendor just cut them out or something. God knows. And all of a sudden, it becomes the bomb. That's mm -hmm. so so fascinating. And I know that Rolex doesn't mind because their name is so fantastic. Their name is so great. You would you would be surprised. Rolex they they is... more than happy to make another watch. They are Rolex is very very strict with how people can it's, it's a lot like you see louis vuitton they burn all their bags every year uh at least allegedly that that they don't sell to keep the market you know strained so i working in manhattan you start to see you know rolex is very strict with how people sell their watches and and it's it's uh, more so than other brands because what's you know the first word you come out and no you, you can only you buy a new booth. one through their dealer right exactly but then you get to vintage rolex it is a it's a crazy world of, of now is there rolex. any particular uh like if you one day grow up to have the money to open up a credit line to be a Rolex dealer, what would that entail? To be a Rolex dealer? I... If I could stop real quick, Max wouldn't be a new Rolex dealer. He would be a vintage Rolex dealer. I, w I will tell you what. A 770 number? Is that someone you would know? No idea, no. Someone who knows this number, I don't know if it's, it could be a sales call for all I know. I don't know. Who knows? Well, I you, will, want, you don't want to answer it, right? That's fine. I, 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 all I will say... If, if someone is calling, text me or Max, and uh, we'll figure out who you are you, you, on the screen. Right. Then someone who already knows your number, because you don't want to give it over the air, do you? Because then you'll be getting calls That's from everyone. That's true, yeah. No, but they, they could text. If someone really wants to get through, text us, and then we'll pick up the phone. Right, because we just received a call that, quite frankly, it says private name... And I never answer a phone that doesn't tell me who they are, so I'm not answering that one. The, the other thing before you go, Max, is 
Max generally doesn't buy watches; he trades watches, right. which is what goes on in this community. And some not, people not are really, not really. Some but. people are buying, but the trading, especially for someone that matches Max's age, it's it's an it's a it's a very viable strategy. Oh, yeah, man, because it's there's an intangibility there. It's who values what more. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and trading watches for other people that you find out X person wants this, Y person wants that, and there's deal making that happens. And Max will get into all kinds of stories. Okay, about, uh, 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 we're going to talk about this now because we have 15 more minutes. Sure. I kind of like this trading thing. So I think it is an interesting prospect because the a trade, right? You start off with something very small. So you, you could go on YouTube and see videos of people end up trading like a paperclip for a house, right? They, they trade their way up all the way. So I originally started off uh, with a, my I asked my grandpa, I guess it was like a birthday present. I was like, can I get this watch from, from one of my very good friends, his name's Clyde, out in Oklahoma, and it was a Rolex Oyster Perpetual. In, Okla in Oklahoma, there was no value for these sorts of things, and, and it was a very inexpensive watch. Well, there's this less demand. Less demand, right. So I, I got that watch, he shipped it to me, had it for a couple months, liked it a lot, then I traded it for another Rolex, and or, and, and then I traded that. With no, with no money exchange. No just, money exchange. Just the, the Watches. And then I ended up trading that watch for two Rolexes, a 1930s bubble back, which had the entire dial redone, so it wasn't worth a whole lot, and then another Oyster Perpetual, which was very similar. So I ended up actually trading those two watches in the International Jewelry Exchange for an Omega Speedmaster Mark 40, which the Omega Speedmaster, as I said, my absolute dream watch. I had never wanted anything more in my life than an Omega Speedmaster. Because this is the most fascinating thing you could ever see. Um, but oh, if you're a James Bond fan, you know about Omega. Omega, yeah, he wore a Seamaster. But uh, and if you're a NASA fan, you will know about the Speedmaster because it, it was the only watch certified by NASA to go to the moon uh, in 1969, for example. And they they wore their Omega Speedmasters. Are they wearing it? You think the the, the two guys that are up there now are wearing it? I'm or? sure they. I believe they wear newer versions, quartz versions of the Omega, but they still wear Omegas. Very famously, very famously. Wow. And Omega has actually made that same watch. They've continued the same look into in now. And they still they still sell it for, for a lot of money, but I was lucky what, enough what to... Would be, what would be Omega's today's price? I think the audience would love that. Well, interestingly enough, I'm trying to facilitate the deal of an Omega Speedmaster for one of my friends uh, as we speak. But you can find them at an Omega retail store. They'll be six $7,000. Uh, but as soon as they're... As soon as you... So as soon as you buy them, obviously like a car, a lot of watches are like this, not necessarily all of them, but some of them are like this. Yeah, they go down in price. They go down in price. They're, so they're used. As soon as you see them, you can find them new old stock on, you know, gray market dealers or there are some really good ones. Delray watch, for example, not necessarily gray uh, gray market, but they will they, they have these readily available for, you know, three thousand, four thousand dollars. And for that price, you can't beat it. Box papers, everything, brand new watch for $4,000 that has that kind of story. It's a it's a cool thing. But anyways, I traded those two Rolexes for this. Wow. And met somebody at a gas station in uh, with my grandpa. We met at a gas station and we did the exchange. And I've worn it ever since. And it is my favorite thing that I own. I will never, ever sell it. I'll so never sell it. Max Rolexes. is a Omega guy. He's not a Rolex guy. I'm yeah, a I'm a Rolex guy. guy. I'm, I'm a Rolex guy, guy. because... Uh, I fear expanding my reach and losing sight of myself. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, as I already told you, I have the moon phase hanging over my head. Well, and I, sooner or later, I'm going to pull a plug. I'm going to drop 25 grand on the most incredible moon watch, they and, made, I, and I'm going to be ecstatic. They made a moon phase version of the Omega Speedmaster. So if you want a moon phase version of this watch, you could get it for under ten. The problem. The problem why I'm not such a fan like you are is because I don't like uh, chronography. I don't like speed watch. Uh, I don't like any type of timing device on the watch. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, I only want something. For I only you. want the what's it called again? This perpetual calendar. No, the no, crown. The, 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 crown. the crown. Sure. I only want one crown. In I order, it's I don't like anything on the watch. The way they one do crown. it. The way they do it with those really uber expensive uh, perpetual calendar watches is they have these little pushers that are very small, and you need a special tool, and that's tool. how you adjust them. Uh, and they're little like rivets in, in the side of yeah. the case of the watch, right? Yeah, like it looks like a, it looks like a bezel. And, right, exactly, and and that's what you use to to set them. Max, if I could ask you, some of the names that have been mentioned already: the Seiko watch, 
Hamilton, you said, was American, but Rolex is not a Swiss watch. And when the names we've been talking about so far are not the top high end. So on future shows, when Max starts talking about the, the triangle or the pyramid of, of the how the watch, trinity, the holy yeah. trinity right. of how watches work, uh, and, and you see the different uh, levels of, of price and, and the, the watch industry. But uh, what was my point? My point is Omega. Where is Omega made compared to Rolex? Well, Rolex, it is a Swiss watch. Uh, it, it, just saying that it wasn't founded by a Swiss guy doesn't mean it's not a Swiss watch. It is a Swiss watch. It's made it's in Switzerland. movements and everything else. Right, exactly. Now, they were pretty much the pioneer of the watch. They're the ones that created the first wrist, uh, wristwatch. Rolex? Uh, no. Who was the first wristwatch? I believe it was Blank Pen was the first. Uh, they were the first watch company. The first watch wristwatch, you would not believe this, was a Cartier. It really? was called the Cartier Santos Dumont, I believe. And it was the first actually purpose-built watch, wristwatch. And it was a, that, that was. So Rolex wasn't the first wristwatch? Mm -hmm. No. Were they the first to go from stopwatch, pocket stopwatch to wristwatch? Rolex? I I'm getting some kind of data in my head here. No, they they, they I, didn't. The only thing that they really did necessarily that other than make a really fantastic watch, it was the the oyster case and the perpetual. It was the, basically their tagging of the oyster perpetual, which was a and the, England, the famous English Channel swim that made them famous. Sure, sure, exactly. And, and That's even, what it was. There were there were there were a couple. So they were the first waterproof watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they made they were famously uh, they made some watches that went down to you know fifteen thousand feet. And they would, I think, I believe they strapped a Submariner. Uh, they called it the Deep Sea Special, I believe, and they, they strapped it onto a submarine that went to the deepest whatever they were doing. I, I forget what it was called, but it it went and, and it worked after it came uh, back on the outside of the submarine. On the outside of the submarine, whoa! And it worked, and it was just crazy. You see it, it the the crystal comes out about two inches from your from your skin, and it has a pressure helium valve on the side, which lets the helium out of the watch, right? Wow! I'm telling you, it's it's crazy. That is super cool. Imagine that must be in the in the Rolex museum. It's I an, yeah, and they made, I believe, a, a special edition version, but nobody wore them. It was a totally impractical thing to even to even consider. Yeah, wearing. I I, um, I I definitely want to see that museum before I go. That's got to be bucket list. Sure, it's crazy. it's crazy, Manny. Because you're asking a little bit about the history of watches, I have to point out that back in the day it was pocket watches, mm -hmm. and Max right. will tell you about pocket watches and fixing some of these old pocket watches. But the other thing to point out is turning back to statutes and stories, and we're not going to be on next Monday, but the following Monday, there is a famous letter and series of letters where President Washington, you know, if you wanted a watch and you're Washington, you wanted a good, sophisticated pocket watch, where are you going to get the watch? And this is in the 1780s. Of course, it's going to come from England, I mean, right. from, from, from Switzerland, rather, from Europe. And uh, you know who that Washington knows is in England, and the answer is Thomas Jefferson. So we will talk at a future show about... Uh, Thomas Jefferson went shopping for watches for George Washington. Man, of course that watch is where. Uh, is that in the? Is that at? <laughs> is that at the house? I mean, where is oh, that watch? I don't even. I don't even. Wow. Know. You will see. I actually know somebody, uh, a collector. Of, Damn, whoever has that watch is the king. There, there are collectors of, of Vulcan crickets. A Vulcan cricket is a, as the name would suggest, cricket. It's an alarm watch, a mechanical alarm watch, and you would set the alarm. It's a very cool watch, very undervalued these days, uh, but traditionally they were given to presidents, and every president, I believe, past what Nixon, they had. Vulcan crickets, including Obama, including I believe Trump now even has. Because it was one. a portable alarm clock. Right, it was a portable, and it was just became a tradition. Uh, and that watch what was I. Where was I going? That that people can actually collect. Um, Eric Wind, a very very famous or a very very well known. When Max mentioned some of these names, by the way, he knows some of these. Yeah, I know. And yeah, Eric, Eric, and I know, I know Eric, and he he owns a Vulcan cricket with the presidential seal on it. Okay, Volcane is the, the watch it's company. A, it's the company that's called the Cricket is the name for the watch. And they have other lines, I suppose. They have other, yeah, but they're they're most well-known for the Cricket, which... Again, and what's unique about the Cricket? It's care. an alarm. It, it literally sounds like a Cricket. When you set the alarm, it's it's a little Cricket on your wrist. Oh! So think about it. If you're a politician and you want to get out of a meeting, and then your alarm <laughs> starts buzzing, the time's over, then you can free yourself from uh, whoever it is. Sorry, that, guys, I gotta go. That's right, because that that was at the time that was a big innovation. Dinner, dinner's ready. Exactly. Ah. And Nixon, because that was the issue with Key Biscayne. Nixon was famous for his volcano cricket. Right. Really. As was as was. See, LBJ. people of Key Biscayne, you guys gotta love that tidbit of ideas because yeah. you know our kids. I missed it by. 
since I came here in 75, 76 with the big bicentennial, he was already gone. Mm -hmm. So I missed all the flag waving when he would land on his helicopter sure. here on the island. So he, this, I never knew about the cricket. So, oh, the queue was just broken. I gotta go. <laughs> I hope I hope I didn't just make the value for Vulcan cricket soar because on on the uh, on you know the pre-owned market on eBay, you can find them still for three five hundred dollars, in in used very good condition on the original strap. My uncle uh, my uncle had one, and he. I, uh, I almost want to go now and go look for one and buy one just to say they're just cool. To... They're and it's it's a cool little thing because it's completely mechanical. There's no you know microchip inside telling it when to go off. It's a completely mechanical thing. And the, yeah, a mechanical alarm is very appealing, just that idea. Yeah, and it's all on your wrist. That's what makes me so into watches. It's so much going on in such a what, little space. What keeps you from actually buying a cricket, Vulcan cricket, since you know so much about it? I, or are I you have, now going to go get one? I have <laughs> owned two of them. Oh, so you've traded them. The first one, uh, which I traded out of, uh, was very in very bad shape. And I didn't realize that when I got it, but I opened it up and it was, you know, some very very shady stuff goes on in Miami when you're buying watches so yeah. if you want to connect with somebody that is trustworthy feel free to re reach out and I will do my best to point you in the right direction yeah thank you hold my hand take, yeah, me, yeah, take yeah, yeah. me with you uh, but I got I definitely got messed up on, on that um, but it was in very very poor shape so I traded out of that as fast as I could and then the second one was my uncle's and I ended up giving that back because it was just like a big misunderstanding with the whole deal that I was going to pay him and but I, I probably will eventually get one uh, sooner rather than later there's one story I want Max to tell this is what people have something to look forward to and they're going to learn more about uh, the watch industry in future weeks they're going to learn more about so this show is going to be Max time right Max time about Max was asked by a friend and this is a oh, friend boy. so this is like the summer of because love who, special th Max that's time. right so this friend knew nothing about the watch he had and he was asking Max if, and I don't want to tell the story, but uh, this is Minus this one, is a lesson about minutes. honesty and understanding that oh, you. Oh, okay. You got three minutes of honesty. We'll end it on that note. Three minutes. So, I was in New York, and I get a text from one of my friends who I don't really talk to anymore, but that's okay. Uh, he had an Omega Speedmaster, 1969 Omega Speedmaster, which is a very very collectible watch, obviously because it is the year that they went to space and landed on the moon, wearing Omega Speedmasters. He texts me, he says, hey, I have this in my drawer. What is this to you? Because he knew I knew a little bit about watches at the time. I was in seventh grade. And I said, holy cow. Because that at the time, even now, even more so, was a $20,000 watch. And I told him, he said, what is this to you? You know, I'm, in, I'm having some financial hardship. So you could have run game on him. And he asked me, he's like, will you give me $500 for this watch? And I said to him, and I still have this text conversation. I said, I would love to give you $500 for that watch, but I would not be able to live with myself if I even considered giving you $500 for that watch. So I, I ended up uh, pointing him in, in the direction of a watchmaker, got it serviced, and he wears it. Um, also, oh, he never, he never sold it. But it's it. insured. Sold it. It's insured. He, I believe he has insurance on it. And yeah. It, so it changed his life, basically. Changed his life. You gave him a you gave him a lesson in honesty. I, I, and well, I also I told him that like you know it's it's your grandfather's watch. I believe his grandfather wore it in in the military. And I said, why like would you want to sell that watch? It's it's a cool thing to have even. And you think you could get twenty grand for it? Uh, now maybe even more than that. I don't know if he still has it. I, I believe he does still have it. But I saw him wearing it at school, a couple times. Oh, so he still has it. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he still has it. Damn. Can we like offer him like five hundred dollars? I'm not, gonna say, I'm not going to say his I'm name. I'm 55 <laughs> years old, man. I, went, I already went through three strokes. I'll take the 500 bucks, okay? The last sure. thing I wanted to ask Max I'll about. donate to his favorite charity. How sure, about that? Sure. People would think that with the economy following the coronavirus and the dislocations and the shutdown, that the watch industry would have taken it on the chin. But, Max, I think you've got some interesting information for us about what interestingly show, happened. I think no. next show okay. we will talk about that there, that it is a very, very stable industry and that it, it is worthy of your investment if you are interested in learning more about watches feel free to join us next week okay now uh tell people where they can hear your podcast uh you can hear my pod well you can reach out to me first off on instagram at max d levinson m-a-x d as in david l-e-v-i-n-s-o-n that is my watch instagram and just you know dm me and then you can also go to the to your website which is what is it wsqf, WSQF radio.com radio tomorrow this recording will should be around this time already uploaded and remember, if you ever have any, any problems with anything that has to do with the internet, 
on WSQFRadio.com. Uh, because of the subject matter of me personally, it's possible that I get hacked. <laughs> but you can always go to the SoundCloud under Mac on the Rock, which is my initials. On the Rock is a parochial term for Key Biscayne for mainlanders who understand that we don't leave the rock. We don't cross the bridge much. you got to come out to see us. And, uh, yeah, on SoundCloud, you'll have everything I've ever recorded there. That's where the recordings are compressed. Cool. So SoundCloud, Mac on the Rock, forward slash Mac on the Rock, WSQFradio.com. And next time we have the Max Time Show next Thursday at this time. You, not at this time, at 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. an hour earlier than now, uh, you will call at 1-844-645-WSQF. And then, of course, I have the greatest number on all radio, 305-365-777. So say goodbye to Adam, and he has to come back with his watch on next time. Adam is going to say, if people want to call next week with trivia questions about watches, see if you can stump Max. Sure. Give me a shot. Oh, there's a call. Yeah, see if you can stump Max. Stump Max, yes. Yeah, uh, stump Max uh, on Omega. Sure. Okay, folks, stay free. You know what it's like here on WSQF Blink Radio. And let's congratulate Max for his first radio show. Take care. Be the bad man To be the sad man Behind blue eyes No one knows what it's like To be hated To be faded To telling only lies but my dreams, they aren't as empty as my conscience seems to be. I have hours only lonely. My love is vengeance that's never free. What it's like to feel these feelings Like I do And I blame you No one bites back as hard